This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is sponsored by Fisher Skis, and you can visit them at www.fishersports.com. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Adam Jabber. We have a great episode for you today with Sander Hadley. Uh, Sander is a professional skier, but he is also a writer, a very eloquent talker, uh, and uh, a very present member of the Twitter ski community. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, Sander's great, and I really enjoyed this conversation. <clears throat> I have a thing with my throat. You'll hopefully not hear it too much during the episode and hopefully Joe will fix that. But, um, Sander and I kind of talked about, I don't know why, I, I don't know why I have glasses on. Um, Sander and I talked about everything from like the current state of ski media to working with Dina star to where he sees his career going in the future. Uh, and a whole bunch more things. We kind of get into the weeds a little bit on a few topics, but these are the conversations that I really enjoy. Uh, and I'm really glad that, uh, I had it with Sander because it's, uh, it, it takes two, takes two to tango for sure. Um, there's also too many podcasts out in the world apparently. So there's, uh, there's that, uh, few things before we continue on our trek here through these, through this intro and the ad reads, uh, subscribe to the YouTube page. We are doing uh, gear reviews multiple every week, trying to do something fun every other week or so. Uh, and most importantly, we're doing this show on YouTube as well. So if you'd like to watch your interviews, if you like, not a zoom format interview. This kind of gives you a little bit of a hybrid situation and it's worked really well for us so far, but we need people to actually watch the YouTube. So if you enjoy that kind of content, you enjoy the content that we put out, give the YouTube a shot every once in a while. Okay. Uh, before we jump in, like all the way in to the episode, we have some ads for you today. And one of those is from our friends at Mammut. Uh, it is Mammut, not Mammut, in case you were wondering. Uh, I wondered this myself for a very long time. So not Mammut, it is Mammut. Mammut makes uh, some excellent avalanche safety equipment, and that is what we are here to tell you about. Uh, they make everything from some bling gold shovels uh, in the alligator light. Uh, they make avi packs. They make avalanche beacons uh the best ones in the industry by far the absolute gold standard in the berry box and berry box s there isn't a product uh that has been more tried and true than this in the avalanche safety community so uh if you're if you have questions on them if you're interested in them feel free to hit us up or hit an actual expert up as well uh some people actually use this stuff all the time some people just talk about it all the time and uh it is what it is so uh, go to memmoot.com, use promo code OUTOFBOUNDS25. I believe this code still works. Ethan, you want to double check? Make sure they didn't cut us off because it's too good of a deal. Ethan's double checking now. Do we still have a code? Do we still have a, a deal that works really well for 25% off? Ethan, can you type any slower? No, it's okay. Take longer. It's totally fine. It's going to turn into I can't a, do it without going through the checkout process. This is going to be a 40-minute. Well, as far as we know, this still works. If it doesn't work, let us know and we'll get you a code. Um, but it's 25% off using promo code out of bounds, 25 capital O capital O capital B. Uh, so go and get yourself a new beacon before the season starts at 25% off. It is cheaper than you will find it anywhere on planet earth right now. Okay. Next up we have my people at mirror energy. Uh, this is the best for me, 
energy gel on the market. Uh, they also have some hydration stuff as well. But what we're here to tell you about is the energy gels. They have stuff that is fast burning. They have slow burning. They have what I assume is regular burning. Um, and they have uh, all kinds of fun flavors, including go back to that one. What was that one? Go, go back. Pineapple kale, dude. What do you think that tastes like? You got a guess, Ethan? I'm going to guess uh, pineapple and kale. Okay, but what do those taste like combined? Anyway, if you can think of a name to combine pineapple and kale, um, I'll send you a bunch of mirror stuff. So think of a good name and uh, and DM it to me or email it to me or text it to me if you think of what we should call pineapple kale because pineapple kale doesn't flow as well as blueberry bergamot. Um, go to mirrorenergy.com. Check out some of the stuff they have. It's super simple. They're vegan, organic, gluten-free, paleo, and non-GMO'd. But most importantly, it's just a few ingredients. Uh, it's not super complex, and it's really easy to eat. Um, that's been my biggest thing with these things uh, so far. I've really enjoyed them, and you actually feel different. Like You actually feel like you ate something. So can't say that about every gel out there. So uh, hit up mirrorenergy.com, and that is that for today's ads. Uh, listen to the show's. Michelle Parker, Care Less, Do More is on Tuesdays, every other Tuesday, alternating with Big Stick Energy. Um, obviously, very different types of interviewers, different types of conversations happening. Um, so pick your flavor, use it, listen to it. We appreciate you being here very much. I appreciate you being here very much. Um, and that's all for now. We'll talk to you during and after the episode. Cool. My name is Sandra Hadley. I'm 29, quickly approaching 30. December. Um, I am from Pocatello, Idaho. Grew up here and then went down to school to the University of Utah in Salt Lake City and got my start skiing down there at uh, Alton and Snowbird. I was trying to be a professional park skier and that wasn't working out. There were some 12 year olds who were willing to do things that I wasn't. So I shifted over to Snowbird and Alta and started making some GoPro videos. And uh, yeah, they took off like my junior year of college. And that was almost 10 years ago, eight years ago now. So what, what's happened since then? Uh, You know, I feel like time has passed everybody by pretty rapidly the last decade. It feels, I mean, and again, like we're about the same age. It might just be the age that we're at that. It feels like things are just rapidly going by like 2014 say was like, it feels like it wasn't that long ago, but it actually was kind of forever ago. Yeah, man. Uh, well said. <laughs> <laughs> There's something to be said about time speeding up as you get older. Um, yeah, like maybe that's closer closer to cooler. dying, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe there's some of that, too, depending <laughs> on what your experience has been. Um, but yeah, since then, honestly, it's been a killer ride. Uh, graduated college with a degree in strategic communications. Okay. Um, and hang out in Utah a few more years and then moved back to Idaho was doing some MSP stuff um, just after things all kind of happened initially. And then just been kind of doing my own thing the last few years. Yeah. Um, Try to make edits. Uh, Of course, it's all just come down to social media clips at this point. So yeah, try to get a a viral clip or two a year and that seems to make people happy and (laughs) not to say getting comfortable or anything. There's always goals to keep striving for. But, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's been great. What, so 
on the social clips thing, like what, what does that change for you as a skier? Right. Because everything's so much different now. Everything is so much shorter. Like everything is so short lived. It feels like even like stuff comes out and it blows up. Even like when Candide posts shit, it's like, it's out two weeks. You remember that it's insane, but that's like as far as anything lives anymore. So how does that change what you do as a professional athlete and like the kind of content that you decide to put out? Totally. Um, it's a good or, and a bad thing. Um, because when I came up and, you know, you said you're a similar age back when we were coming up, there was such an emphasis on video parts and edits right? and, you know, crafting this well-organized piece of building up to the end and having a, a banger last trick, but keeping the quality strong throughout. Um, and so of course I want to stick to that standard and put out edits, but the, there's just not the viewership that there needs to be unless you're doing insane stuff. Um, so in one way I'm hurting myself that way, but I just, it makes it easier because those 30 clips in an edit now become social media posts, mm. um, singular social media posts. And now they're a vertical reel. Yeah. We can get into the, the vertical side too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it honestly doesn't change a whole lot. It, I like to do things kind of spontaneous, kind of skiing with the homies and come up on something and be like, Hey, you want to pull your phone out? And that's honestly how, yep. how I've gotten the most success with things. Um, and kids are, I'm trying to help my girlfriend get her to start with skiing. And she's like, you know, what do I need to do? And honestly, the best thing you can do is just go skiing and yeah, get your friends to pull out their phones. Yeah. <laughs> it's good advice. <laughs> it's, it's funny because like you think about, a professional athlete like 10 15 years ago and you're like you're watching this stuff and it's super highly produced and that's what everybody hopes for and now like the people that have the most clout it feels like on the internet or are the most relevant are people who are just doing that like they're doing instagram reels well <clears throat> they're doing the social thing well they've, they've kind of figured out how to play the game yeah totally that's just it playing the game um and don't make it hard on yourself try yeah. to just see what you have and yeah, just see what's see what's maybe different than everybody else. Or I have a hard time with the trend side of things of you know following certain songs it's and brutal. Yeah, I always I always try to put my own spin on it. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. gotta play the game. I think you'll be looked at like as somebody who didn't do that kind of thing when you go forward. Like it's I always I, I kind of battle with this a lot where I'm like, do I be kind of a sellout and I do what I know will work, or do I do stuff that I actually really like? And I think for me, the answer has kind of been both. Um, like for like when we run our social, right? Like half the time I'll do tweets and boxes or I'll do fucking bullshit like that, like memes or I'll just do something <clears throat> that has some substance to it, but like that is garbage content because it's consumable for people rapidly, right? But then like the stories and stuff, like using Instagram stories or Twitter, like that's the shit that I care about socially. Like I use that as like the the outlet for for things I actually want to talk about or actually want to share. Yeah. That's, that's the thing that I'm more comfortable with. For some reason, there's like this gold standard of a hard post on Instagram, you know, right. where you just feed everything through the story and that keeps everybody happy and you're relevant. Do brands ask you for that too? Like do brands ask you for, for like paid posts and stuff like that? Because that seems to me, like as somebody who cares about the marketing, I, I can't imagine being like, Oh Yeah we want posts because posts are kind of useless. Like, yeah, they live there for longer, but less people see them, especially if it's branded content. Yeah. I'm pretty strategic with who I work with and being upfront with people when I do enter new brand relationships and being like, look, if it's a, 
even something that you need to push through me. Like I'm going to put my own spin on it and do my best, but it's honestly not, I don't like to do that stuff if I, if I don't have to. Yeah. Um, cause yeah, I just want to, I want to be cool, man. <laughs> want to put out what's what I think is cool. And I don't want to shove some BS in your face or some thread wallets or some shit like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. How <clears throat> for you, was there, as you're coming up, was there somebody that you looked at and you were like, I, I like the way that this person modeled their career? Oh, you know, it's, it's bad to say, but originally Adam DeLorme. Yeah. No <laughs> shit. And that's the gold standard, I think, for us as that generation. Yeah, right. But that's going to get you nowhere these days. <laughs> for sure. I wasn't expecting that answer. No, just elusive and let your skin do the talking. But uh, yeah, that's not. Yeah, <laughs> not a thing anymore, especially if you're a, a white male. I'm not saying like poor me or anything like that, but believe me. Um, right, right, right. But still, no, it's, <laughs> it's a valid point. It's like, yeah, what do you like? Everybody's just going to forget like tomorrow. Totally, man. Yeah. You talked about like, uh, you know, a new post. That's that's what you try to do. You're only as good as your last post. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's fucking doesn't it feel shitty like chasing that? Like I oh, dude, do not tie this into your self-worth, but I, it's, oh, it's so brutal. It's, it's funny. We have like a group chat here with all the people that are involved in what we do pretty much. And it, it all is like one day I'm riding this high. I'm like, I fucking crushed it today. And then the next day I'm like, I am a fucking pile of garbage. I can't figure out anything. I don't know anything about social. I don't know anything about marketing. And you just feel like you, you do tie yourself worth to it to a certain extent. It's impossible not to. Oh yeah, dude. I talk about this with my therapist. Like you <laughs> <laughs> and being self-employed and running this machine, like you really don't have a whole lot else to your life that even you try to do your best to spice it up a little bit, but yeah, dude. And the gross feeling of liking the likes and oh. like feeling good when you post oh, something. Stop. <laughs> it's so brutal. But hey man, if that enables you to, you know, be self-employed and yeah live the life that we do it's a yeah interesting conversation for sure yeah it's uh, there's a certain aspect of it that i mean obviously a lot of it is very necessary otherwise we wouldn't be doing it but it's it does put you in this weird like moral situation where you're like do i want to shit like is this authentic how do you stay authentic it's always funny when people like i hear people especially skiers talk about authenticity and you're like <laughs> All right, I believe you. I really do, and I believe you for like eighty percent of the things. Like, right? That's the that's the tolerance. The tolerance of like percentage of bullshit has kind that's of that's pretty high. Up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> if you get twenty percent is bullshit, like you're a fucking kick ass person. Like you're as real as it gets right now. Yeah, and honestly, I'm like envious of you guys. I mean, I know you have yourselves to promote as individuals, but like having almost a brand to hide behind the self-promotion of because <laughs> just self-promoting my name, dude, is like, yeah. Ugh. Oh yeah. Dude. Every time I share, I almost never <sighs> share stuff to my personal story, but when I do, I like feel it. Like I feel like my aunt looking at it and being like, like, it's just like, <laughs> or like people I went to high school with, I'm just like, Oh man, this is not what I want to be pushing right now, but I'll fucking do it. So yeah, I guess it is true. I didn't think about it like that. So, there's worse things. There's, Again, if it enables us to live that life and you know, just do your best to have a healthy relationship with it. Yeah. Um, 
kind of off topic, definitely off topic from what we were talking about, but not off of the partnership thing. How do you like working with Dina Star? I know the easy answer is like, I like working with them. Like they're a great partner, blah, blah, blah. But like genuinely, how do you, how do you like working with them as a brand? Because they're, they're one of those companies that consistently flies under the radar. Like the product has always been good. It always will be good, but they're like, for lack of a better metaphor they're the redheaded stepchild and this is always how <laughs> our my dina star lang rep has described them and himself to me since i was a kid he's like we, we are the redheaded stepchild to rosignal like that is what we are and <laughs> it's just interesting to me to like to kind of lean into that but the skis are great they're top like it's a top-notch product but people just don't hear about them enough i feel like that's the exact precursor I was going to give you. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but to be honest, I, I think it works to their advantage because they kind of stay in their lane and, you know, like they've had this rep of extremely hard charging equipment from just a, a plethora of skis. And then the troublemaker too, which yeah. I will never let them forget. And I'm doing my best to like, Hey, let's bring that back. Dude, Come on. Please bring it back. That um, was one of the first skis that I was actually on was that troublemaker. Oh, dude, one. I can't imagine being on the East at that point growing up, like the stronghold of Rainville, Duncan. Yeah. Um, dude, that stuff yeah, was the shit. Like, and it was in every, especially like that blocky <laughs> logo one, like the white with like all the square blotches all over. Yeah, dude, that skew was the shit. Yeah, totally. They're probably going to kick me, but like, come on, it's still, it's still cool. <laughs> and it, you know, it totally it is. Kinda, <laughs> and it got off track there for a little bit um, in the early or the late 2000s, early 2010s. Um, yeah. But yeah, they really some breathe some fresh air into it um, and trying to bring back the the whole hard charging ethos. Um, but honestly, like, you know, I, I won't give you the, the BS. Um, it's great because it is great. Um, yeah. As a as an athlete, you know, I, I commonly see you apply or like advocating for things on kind of the back end of, you know, athletes getting paid on time, being valued at the brands that they're working with. Like that is the exact relationship that I have with the Instar. Yeah. Like there's direct deposit stuff that like, I don't even have to like send an invoice and chase people down. Like right. that's next level, especially working with a company that's um, based in Europe and has a North American subsidy. Right. Um, right. Like even North American communication is, is on point with Europe. They keep them, everybody's accountable, even though it's a global brand with, you know, rental skis in Russia to, you know, yeah, wherever. Yeah. Probably shouldn't talk about Russia right now, honestly. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> no, I'm going to use it as a keyword now. It's going to be it's going to be how I promote this episode. Is just include uh, Russia all over the SEO for this episode. <laughs> um, no, I dude, the stuff is the stuff is dope, and it's good to hear because I think for for people listening that aren't aren't familiar, any of these brands that have like up their parent brand, like the Alons of the world, the Solomons of the world that have parent companies overseas, like it does, it takes a while for athletes to get paid generally and you're hunting them down for a little while, right? Like it's just, it, it just is what it is because it doesn't all work out of North America. Yes. Is there a North American budget for sure? And there's like people involved in the U S side of things, but it's, it's definitely a different program than somebody like a company that's just based in the U S. Yeah. You feel like you're actually being thought of from day to day there. Um, yeah. and like what's going on. I think all too often brands in the social media age, it, it used to be a, have to be a two-way relationship, you know, like the athlete brings opportunities, but also the brand's got to bring opportunity to the athlete. I think brands just miss that now, yeah. but that's one of the things that 
the leadership at Dina Star recognizes. And so they've helped me get in with a couple other, you know, media outlets and stuff like that and kind of pushing me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, yeah. As well as just like saying yes without any creative control to all my projects, which is so awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, a, I know that everybody's like, oh, it's like a family fan, but. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because it kind of is like it, it's a, it's not an unfair thing to say because, it, yes, it, is it a business relationship for sure? But do you genuinely like the people you work with? Like everybody hopes to, right? And I think for a lot of yeah. us that work with somebody at a brand, you get so attached to that person and they are synonymous with that brand. Yes, but if that person left that you're dealing with and went to another company, you would still want to work with them. Yeah. Exactly. And like that's how you know it's a good marketing manager or somebody that's like good at good at their job. It's like people want to follow them wherever they go. Well said. Yeah, there's a uh, those people usually leave the ski industry for more money. For sure. Yeah, they <laughs> almost all of them or they get like some big higher up job at like Oakley or something. Like it's it's just how it goes. <laughs> no, I'm grateful for who I who I work with for sure. <laughs> yeah, I I really like I like the way that they are doing things. I like that it's simple and I like that they don't try to be a bunch of shit that they're not, you know, like it's, it seems like they know what they do. They know what they do well and they're kind of on a good track right now. So it's uh, and they also don't change the skis all the time. Like that's a thing that I still don't end. Like if you're going to change a ski, change the ski. Don't just put a new top sheet on it. Like it's, it's one thing that bothers me. It's probably an unpopular opinion because I think people like to see new graphics and obviously new graphics sell, but like, why fucking make them? If it's not a new ski, why pretend it's a new ski? Goddamn capitalism. It's fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> like, it, I get it. It sells a few more skis. But if it's a good ski, why wouldn't you just keep it the same and, like, convince people to buy it that way? I get it. You miss a graphic. Like, Vocal did the Blaze, like, two years ago, and it literally looked like the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen in my life. But but the new Blaze looks really simple. Like there's a lot of companies that do this kind of thing. And and honestly, like Dina Star has been guilty of it too. Like they made that sham and the first sham like weighed a ton and it looked bad. Like it, it just it was what it was. And then they redid it and it looked really good. So like there is there is some validity to it, but I like that they've kind of kept things along the same vein for a little while now. Yeah, when things are are going well, they're they're pretty good about keeping it on. And even conversations about future design—that's one of the things I'm I'm like, let's stay on the track that we're on. Yeah, you know, we've got a good yeah. thing going of being stable skis and the skis that people want to ski on, and that's what you you want. Yeah, for sure. What when they come to you for input on skis and like what things should be like going forward? Like what what do you find yourself saying the most? honestly that and like following what the current uh, ethos of this whole M free line was um, of just being, I think again, I'm going to date us here growing up, you know, we were on park skis from age eight or 10 and skiing those skis all over the hill from the center of the ski. Like I didn't grow up racing. I don't know how I turned a ski from the back. Like I don't know how to ski the shams and the super right. directional skis. And so I think there's such a place for the, the center Center, more centered ski design now because all of those kids are now consumers, you know? Right. <clears throat> yeah. And I think that's the thing that that's happened a lot more and that the brands maybe didn't realize that's, it's one of the things that line did almost maybe subconsciously, maybe intentionally, but they realized that like 
the kids buying after bangs were not going to buy after bangs at age 30. Right. <laughs> and it sounds really obvious, but you need something for them to go to next. And i and a lot of brands kind of do it backwards, but uh, yeah, it sounds like the Dina stars kind of figured it out. I think line figured it out very early on. Armada obviously figured it out. Th- those kind of brands figure out a way to keep their customer, their customer and not go looking for something else. Yeah, totally. I think that's a, a good way of just a good way of saying like, stay in your lane, you know, yeah. let's, <laughs> let's, let's keep doing what we're good at and not try to reinvent the wheel on certain things. Yeah. Um, what, so I, I talked about this a little bit this morning on Twitter because that's where most of us seem to exist. That's where like ski media and athletes seem to exist lately. It's like the low key, like where people actually talk about shit. Um, but I was kind of talking about the fact that like athletes have non-disclosure agreements often in the way that they get paid. Like, do you have that? Do you like that? Is there, am I losing it? Is there a reason that that should exist? That's funny. I was going to reply to this tweet, but I'm glad that we're just going to talk about it here. (laughs) Um, I hope I don't get sued and I'm the son of a lawyer, but uh, (laughs) he's deceased. So we're good. Um, (laughs) But uh, that's one of the things that I break and Really? I'll, I'll, yeah, I'm, I'm totally fine to say that to people. Um, and I'm trying to like get other people to talk about it uh, because I have so many people that I talk with that I have no idea when I came into the game 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, I, I remember going to Golden Alpine Holidays with Michelle Parker and Eric Urlison and I was on ON3P at the time and trying to figure out like what things looked like moving forward and I had no idea value wise and number wise, you know, you heard early two thousands of hundreds of thousands of dollars and yeah, it had changed quite a bit For um, sure. <laughs> from there. Um, and so anyways, like talking with them and they were still pretty, pretty guarded on it, but I think it's coming around a bit. Um, I'd, I'm not comfortable just saying it outright on a podcast. No, 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 no. That yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I don't like when people do that, honestly, but like, I do like that people talk about it. I think post career, it's okay to talk about it on air. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you're post-career done, your cheddar biscuits are okay. That's okay. Or like Smain talked about it and it's, he's like, he's done with that part of his career. He just talked about like competition wise, what he was getting paid as a, you know, as a competition athlete. Right. And like that mm-hmm. stuff I think is okay. But I more mean like talking about it with each other, talking about it with people who need to know, like, having that kind of conversation opens up a lot of doors for a lot of young athletes and a lot of older athletes too. Like it just allows you to see what other people can make and like, yeah, are these brands our family and friends and all that shit? Yeah. But like if they can get you for half the price, they're going to fucking get you for half the price and you can't fault them. Cause if you can get them for double, you're taking them for double. Yeah, totally. And I hope people don't think it like, oh, it's just a bunch of money hungry people. No, fuck that. Like, yeah, um, money's not a motivator from any of us. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in this stupid industry. <laughs> exactly. Perfect disclaimer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just it, man. Talking with other people. I remember at the Corbett's event, I've had younger athletes come up and talk like, you know, if, if there's an opportunity to go to this brand and I'm currently getting paid this brand this much. And I'm like, holy shit, you're getting, that's like three times and you're ever going to get paid at this bigger brand or vice yeah. versa. Um, so yeah, I just think the conversation needs to happen more often. Um, I check in with, with, there's a couple younger kids that I talk to, um, that I'm just trying to make sure like, Hey, don't just take the free gear. Don't just, and that's another thing we can get into. Um, you know, the, I probably shouldn't name names of brands, but we all know who they are of just, you know, shotgunning free 
free clothing out to people or free yeah. gear out to people and then not investing into into the culture like into these people actually and like giving them opportunities to to further things yeah um but i think that can be snowballed into the whole social media just cheapening of everyone's craft you know yeah yeah it's it's true it's people keep making the argument to me that it's opportunity right and i think there is a little bit of validity to that but i think it depends on how you're using the athlete too and i think it depends on like it gets a little specific and into the weeds with some of that stuff but in general i can't see a reason why anybody would be like other than just pure excitement or not needing the money to take shit for free right but if you're like actually trying to make it make it and and honestly like this is something to consider for people that do have the means and don't like need need the money there is somebody out there that does need the money and you're affecting the fact that they now can't get paid because you guys are at the same level and you're not gonna take like you don't need the money right somebody else does yeah yeah totally um and there's a lot on the line you know from people's bodies and for sure relationships and obviously it's a you know, we, there's consent in this, um, yeah, strong, sure. <laughs> the strongest of consent. Yeah, um, you are signing a deal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, I'd like the way the, the general direction that the whole money and accountability conversations coming along and in, in the snow and outdoor industry in general. Yeah. I think it's, it's moving along. I think it's getting better. Yeah, I can't. I, I'm definitely not going to sit here and tell you it's getting worse. But I also think because of things like social uh, brands are more apt to be like, hey, can I just use this for free? You know, like and then use yeah. it on an ad or they use it in a mailing list or they use it in this thing or that. Or they like you agree to a repost and then it's printed in a fucking magazine or something like, you know, like that shit still happens quite a bit because there's so much out there and then people just don't know what to do about it. Yeah, you end up on some like skiing is awesome TikTok page and oh, nobody's tagged. Dude, and that's the worst. And you're what like, the fuck Come on, is man. going on on TikTok? Like, what is like, dude? It's like every other page in my feed is like some fucking bullshit where nobody's tagged, and I'm like, I know who's skiing there, and you like didn't even fucking. Oh. And I don't get it because it's not doing well on my page. It's yeah, like super exactly. abstract. You know? Exactly. <laughs> it's like if I got permission and tagged the person and did all this shit and posted the same fucking shit. I'm getting nothing. Like, it's like, it's, ugh, it's brutal. Throw a guy a co-post, man. Come on. I know. Yeah. Ugh, it's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, I forget. Anna Isamont actually told me last week, because she was talking about Jay, and she was like, oh, I didn't get paid from Jay Skis, and, like, it's fine. Like, they're like a farm league contract is how she phrased it to me. And I was like, that's kind of, like, not great. But it's also, like, it's an interesting way to look at it, right? It's like, Jay doesn't pay people, period. End of story doesn't pay people like I'm there's a couple people I'm sure Garai gets paid I'm sure there's like there's five people maybe you know of a 50 person team that get paid that's fucking shitty but <laughs> like I I don't know is there a way that it's not shitty I'm I'm genuinely like because I I do like a couple of the people there a lot I'm like trying to figure out a way that it's okay right you know I'm like trying to rationalize this in my head well, totally. And again, back to the whole, like, you know, athletes got to know what they're signing up for. And I've had my own fair share of trial and errors with many brands. Um, but you got to be strategic in who you're, who you're dealing with. And that's one of the things that 
I didn't get until I was probably five years into my career is like the worst thing you can do is never ask for anything. Like, yeah, it's your job to ask these people like, you know, for resources, for whatever. And I just thought it was status quo. Like you don't ask for anything and you know, but the worst thing they're going to say is no. And nine times out of 10, your idea is probably cool and they probably want to back it. So like, go ahead and ask it. Um, but yeah, there's a few brands that I tell people to, to steer clear of. Again, I, nothing against J skis. I, I like people there too, you know? Yeah. It's um, just, they don't pay. Like, it's like, it, that's a, and it doesn't make a lot of sense to me because they're selling product now. And you know, Jason's always sold product, whether it was at line. And that was always the stigma there too, is like, people don't really get paid here. Right. Like even the people that are bringing in, like, I don't know. Yeah, totally. And I, and there's, I want to make a stipulation here too, between like, in, uh, I don't want to sound entitled. It's just when there's, you know, like an agreement ahead of time of, you know, a contracted amount of money. Um, and when that's not paid, that's a much bigger issue than for people sure. just signing up for knowing that the brand's not going to pay. But I still think it's lame if you're going to try to play in the space and, you know, like not contribute to the culture in any sort of financial way. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah. But then want to capitalize on the culture, um, you know, but that's a consumer issue too. And so, yeah. you know, kids, people need to buy, be conscious of who's doing what. It's the, it's the foot in the door method. And I think that that's, I think it's fine as long as you're spending somewhere in the culture, like to your point, I think if you're where you decide to spend your money also matters, right? Like maybe it's not with athletes, right? And maybe you do take that like farm league approach where it's like, you know what you're signing up for, but I, I think as long as there's some clarity, it's okay. Right? Like it's not, I don't want to see a bunch of people sign deals where they're not getting paid. I don't think it's a good idea, but if somebody has no intention of like doing anything other than like selling skis in their local market and not being a professional athlete, like how do you differentiate that as a brand and what that brings you? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, good question. And you know, the whole need for athletes is some new brands have decided that it's not, they don't need a team, you know, and they're going to yeah. highlight the community of people, which is that's their choice. And, you know, does there need to be a whole, world of professional skiing athletes like we're just selling product at the end of the day it's not like it's it's the nba or anything they're obviously selling product too we can get in the weeds with that yeah yeah i so this is actually a thing i was thinking about the other day and i kind of wanted to ask you about i i was thinking about like the nba right like you know who people are like everybody's a household name right in if you follow the sport same thing with golf if you follow golf, i don't fucking care about golf but if people care about golf you know who the golfers are, you know, who's good. You, like you follow it. Right. I don't feel like that many skiers know who professional skiers are. Is that fair? Absolutely. That's totally fair. Um, and the only people that are known are the ones that are doing well. I think people, you know, discount the whole idea of a look as simple as that, you know, from Glenn yeah. Blake to Sage Caterbrigo, Loso to Parker white, like yeah. the people you can pick out. Um, and so if there's anything setting you aside from everybody else in the same bright color jacket, goggles and helmet, you know, it's this yeah. little bit of flow or flavor and um, yeah, they got to know who to root for. And I, I don't think skiing and that's, you know, social media, you can let people as, as far as you want to into your life. I'm personally not that comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, different, different game. 
But what's yeah. funny, yeah, is you can touch pro skiers. You can ski at the same hill as them. That's you can what I go mean. ride with them. They're more accessible, yet people don't know them as much. Yeah, good question. We're probably not as good as our jobs as we think we are, I guess. <laughs> I don't think that's I don't think that's it, but there is something that like it's almost like it's less relevant, right? Because like the thing that people care about and the obsession that people have is with the mountain that they're at. Like versus like I don't give a fuck what court LeBron's playing on, right? But I definitely know he's playing. You know what I mean? Like versus yeah. like if you go ski at Jackson, you know you're skiing at Jackson. Right. So I think people only attach themselves to one of the things, right. Whether it's the location or it's the, the person in it. Yeah. Well said. And it's probably a lot more condensed to like, you know, there's a select few of us that could tell you each pro skier, For sure. you know, by the way, they're just skiing or that. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's an issue too, is it's, it's so small. It's harder and everybody's wearing goggles and like, you might not know who your best friend is like on the right day if they're wearing the right shit, you know, like it, it's just, exactly that's, that's part of it too. And that's what makes marketing and skiing really difficult. Yeah. And every brand has their own approach to it from everybody wearing the same thing to everybody wearing different things. <laughs> I know. I don't, yeah, I don't really know how that goes. It seems to work for Solomon. Everybody knows what fucking color they wore last year. Yeah, man, Cashew Collective. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so silly. It's a good looking kit, though. I mean, what are you gonna say? <laughs> yeah, totally. We are interrupting your listening experience for an ad from our friends at Rumple. Uh, Rumple makes puffy blankets. They not only make puffy blankets, they make puffy blankets that don't look bad. They make the best in puffy blankets. Okay, number one in puffy blankets. If I say puffy blankets anymore you will end up buying puffy blankets more than you probably need. Um, in all seriousness, the product is really good. I've been using it since they've become a partner of ours about a year ago. Um, it's honestly great in the van. It's great in the car. It's great just camping. They're warm, but they're lightweight. They're easy to pack. Like I said, I'm a big fan. Uh, I honestly really, really love the towels. Um, it's probably the most underrated thing that they make. It's not what they're known for, but it is... Uh, they're, they're awesome. Like they're these little microfiber towels that I can pretty much just put wherever I want. They stay in my pack. They stay in my car. They stay in my gym bag. All of them don't smell horrible, even though I probably smell horrible when I'm using them. So uh, big fan of that stuff. They also make throw blankets now. Like it, dude, Rumpel's got everything. So go to rumpel.com, use promo code out of bounds and you can save yourself some cash uh, and get yourself a new blanket today. Next, our pals, I'm going to stop saying our friends at Gravity Grabber, have an awesome offer for you right now. Uh, you, this is what they're offering. They are offering the ability to not be a pile of garbage and organize your gear closet, okay? If you go to gravitygrabber.com, you will notice that there is a feature where you can just move the little cursor and it will become organized. This can be your house. You move the little cursor and everything becomes organized, okay? Get yourself some gravity grabbers in your life as quickly as you can pre-ski season and actually have a place. Wow, dude, this chair is creaky today. It's pretty insane. Get yourself gravity grabbers because it will actually allow you to organize your life. It'll set up a gear room that you can actually be proud of when your friends come to visit. It is, uh, some people just put them by their front door, right? They just have the stuff. It's ready to go. It's hanging. It's not leaning. It's not like wrecking your walls. The stuff looks excellent. And for a limited time, you can be a good person. Buy a gravity grabber. 
and part of the proceeds go to boarding for breast cancer. Okay. Month of October, breast cancer awareness month. Very important. That's why we have a pink logo right now. We'll get into what we're doing with that later on, but go to gravitygrabber.com, use promo code out of bounds and save yourself some money on being organized and not being a pile of garbage. Cool. Back to our conversation with Sandra Hadley. It, it worked for them. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess I'd like to see what happens over the next few years. And if, if people, if brands start to lean in more or if people start to lean in more to the whole, like being fans of the sport, you know what I mean? Like that's a, it feels like it's changed since we were younger, like the way that people attach themselves. And maybe that's the change from ski movies to social. Maybe that's the change to like everybody being able to ski every resort. And I, I don't know, but there's, there's definitely going to be a change that happens in the way that people view not just their favorite athletes, but all their favorite brands and the way that they associate with them. Yeah. I think there's a couple people that have broken kind of started to tap that a little bit you know i've got a 15 year old brother and i can't do anything to be cool in front of him. <laughs> even he loves skiing and but like he's not a fan of my skiing he probably tells me he is which whatever yeah but like you know he could tell me what heiner carlo does you know every single day and so could i like yeah you know he's one of those dudes which that's olympics and yeah you know is but that, he's also uh, been good about putting himself out there is that a thing that you think is still important? Like it's still super important is being at the Olympics. Oof. Good question. Um, I honestly growing up in the age that we did with skateboarding and the X games and, you know, it was such an escape from team sports to go yeah. skiing and to go skating and to do everything. And so I have such a weird taste in my mouth about it, about like all these teams and coaches and kids, yeah. um, but like, I would have killed to have that as a kid. I don't think it's a, you know, like it's, it's great. Um, yeah. As far as the Olympics goes, I think they've got their own problems with, you know, from environmental issues to corruption and yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's, you That's know, highlighting athletes. Shit. I, yeah, think I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Sorry. I probably took that a little too deep. <laughs> Let's keep it to the athletes. I think that it, like a lot of the old media and skiing. Yeah they need the younger athletes much more than the younger athletes need them. Mm. Like yeah, the Dolos, fun. like Colby Stevenson, you know, like those dudes are going to be stars regardless of wherever they're at. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I have, I have Alex Hall in a couple of weeks and I like, that's one of the first <laughs> things I want to ask him is like, do you actually fucking like it? Like, do you like doing the Olympics? Cause this whole edit this year, like that, I don't know if you watched it yet or not, but it's like, yeah, it is just him when he's not training for the fucking Olympic team. <laughs> Dude, I actually helped him with his real ski here in my hometown. Yeah, like two blocks away from my house. No um, shit. Sent him a bunch of spots around here and stuff. And yeah, that was crazy to be around him and to know that he was had the Olympics coming up in the next year. But kid's just a skier, dude. I don't think he cares what he's doing. He's just like, yeah, he's so into it. And he's, yeah, next level. He gets the opportunity. He's taking the opportunity. It doesn't matter if it's the Olympics or not. But yeah. Yeah, I... I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I didn't, to me when I was growing up, I didn't give a shit about the Olympics. Like it's cool yeah. that it exists. It's like you watch Sean White win gold and you're like, cool. Like this is dope. Like that was fucking sick. But like, I don't know. It wasn't that important to me. Like Tanner and Simon, like, sure. That was, that was dope. I'm glad that happened. Like I, I think about it and I remember it, but if you were like top five Olympic moments outside of that, no fucking idea. <laughs> yeah. 
Aside from the novelty sports and yeah, the the couple that you want. Well, that's watch. what I mean. Yeah, right. Like okay, like regular sports, like shit that you really remember, like swimming for some reason. Like, isn't that fucking weird? Like swimming is so relevant nationally just during the Olympics, but regular season swimming. I don't even know if season, like swimming has a regular season. <laughs> Good question, man. No Maybe this changes though. It's ski mountaineering coming in because I I was in Chamonix in May with Dina Star and. There were definitely a couple conversations around like the Olympic events coming up in the future and potential athletes that were going to do well. And um, obviously that's kind of its own little box, but I think it's growing. It is growing. It's grown pretty fast. It's uh, is that what's next for you in your career is schemo? I don't know about full on schemo. <laughs> I, I like skiing powder too much, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's bad. And seeing all these, you know, like, uh, you know, the way that Townsend does it, I respect and, but you're still playing with fire and the utmost respect to those people. And obviously the recent passing of Hillary Nelson, like yeah. she's an absolute legend and they were all dialed. Um, I just, I think it's a level that to me, I kind of group it in with, with base jumping and the, the mm. wingsuiting of the margin for error gets so small. Um, and I like falling and I like, you know, frolicking in the snow with my friends as right. corny as that sounds um but you know i'd be lying if i said i don't enjoy doing more of that stuff um yeah. and that's definitely where just being in in the backcountry more and more and not doing the biggest triple backflip or jumping through trees as, as much um kind of bringing that to the backcountry in just a smaller safer scale yeah yeah, yeah. i that transition's always weird for me, like watching people do that transit. And I think obviously Cody's done it extremely well. Like, I think that's uh that's a perfect, if you're going to point to someone who's done it well, like transitioning into ski mountaineering, he's it right. Like that's a, that's a perfect, exactly how you want it to go. I would think uh, example of how it can go, but there's also like, there is a ton of risk involved. It's a totally different level of like chasing that adrenaline. I think it, it's not, and I don't know how much it is. I don't know how relatable it is for people. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's one of the things I've been surprised about with the 50 is um, how much people care. Yeah. And myself included. Same. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but maybe it's, it's the nuances that they're showing of the, the between stuff that you're, you're getting into um, their gear selections, their conversation. Uh, they're just doing such a good job documenting it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's one of those things that there's you there's so many near misses and you're doing it well until you're not. Um, and I, again, I'm not sit, like wishing anything upon anybody. Like yeah, I'm knocking on wood. I'm knocking on my desk right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's just a, a level of risk that I haven't found myself comfortable with. And I didn't grow up rock climbing or anything like that. I think maybe that establishes some sort of comfort with that level of ropes and yeah, the rope thing scares me for sure. Like that's a, I'm out on ropes right now. It's a future me situation, maybe, but not not now. Um, that being said, Cy Whitling just sent me a giant gear list. Um, I'm gonna go to Schemo Camp with Cy Whitling next uh, <laughs> next winter in Teton National Park. He's gonna help me. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That dude's great. That dude's super tough. I feel like he came out of nowhere. That's funny because I've known him for about 10 years now, back yeah. when he was getting to start with new schoolers and shooting photos in college and stuff. Um, 
yeah, I went on a trip with him to Teton Pass back then. But yeah, super cool to see him making his way um, and be it himself, not like just stroking the industry. And yeah, you know, like he's he's willing to say say stuff, and his comics are thought provoking, and the Avalanche stuff's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's very talented, and he makes this stuff look he, he makes it look fun. He makes people get it. I think that's uh, <clears throat> and maybe it was like one of those new schoolers series that really like kind of started to kick him off. But like I remember last year being like, oh, this dude's got something. He's got a he's got like this corner of the ski world that that he really is connecting with right now, and that's only grown since then. Yeah, totally. Um, and I was just at his house a couple weeks ago, mountain biking with him, and he was having we had a crazy conversation about a, a new format he's trying to work on it. And he's now at Red Bull rampage trying to do like painting things as they're happening. Oh, what? And that it's a, uh, yeah, he's put a ton of work into it. And uh, I think it's, I think it's going to be pretty cool. Sick. Well, I'm psyched to see it. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. It's uh it's an interesting thing for sure. I, yeah can i so can i ask you it seems like you've gotten more and more involved in like the media side of things as things have progressed for you like over the past couple of years like i've seen you in i feel like a million different little articles and a million different like you've been on blister as a podcast and it seemed and you're contributing to blister and i feel like your opinion is being heard quite often now um, whether that's because it's in my bubble and I'm seeing it more often or not. Like I do feel like people are listening to what you have to say and you're trying to contribute more to media in skiing. So is, is that the case first? And then I have a secondary follow-up question. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, since I was a kid, I've just been such a fan of the sport sport. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fan of this activity. Um, but it's hard for me not to be like opinionated on things and be passionate about what's going on. Um, and then I also was did journalism in high school and college okay. and was super into journalism and still am. And that's something I want to keep pushing is during writing and stuff like that. Um, and so I think that's Twitter's been a way of like kind of being almost like a, an insider, but also trying to toe the boundary lines and i definitely delete tweets all the time thank you for having the delete button twitter but i haven't deleted the mountain gazette one dude i looked at it today i was like scrolling through twitter and i was like oh man it's still fucking here that's as much as i want to delete it i still want to hold because i i do believe in the journalism values of you know trusting your source naming your name not hiding behind a meme account you know we're not gonna name yeah. names there but, oh uh, that fuck that dude yeah that <laughs> like straight up i hope that dude's listening to this like it's uh he like threatened to sue me he threatened to sue cody like he that fucking guy oh yeah whoa it was like weird and i'm like dude i don't even know who the fuck you are and then he like sent me a selfie and i'm like that doesn't mean anything whoa yeah it was very Pump bizarre the breaks cuz yeah like who are you my guy like i don't fucking care and he was like oh people are threatening my business partners and i was like i don't even know who you are <laughs> like you were a meme account and then you went insane so it's uh yeah that was that was weird yeah for people that don't know sander caused uh a bit of a hoopla for for a while there um throughout all of ski media because he posted pictures of a of an article <laughs> I, yeah. I still yeah I still think it's a stupid article 
I honestly got the Mountain Gazette the night before and was like, sweet, I'm going to read this cover to cover in the morning and <laughs> started reading it and just got so juiced on this one article. I was like, wow, somebody's writing this story that I've always wanted to write. Yeah. Of, like, not like always wanted to write specifically about like targeting influencers, but right, right, right. just yeah, yeah. some sort of like, you know, outing the industry for its practices or yeah, pay, whatever it is. Uh, but finally it was like, holy, and they didn't Name? respond to the email. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, let and me I, preface this before we go too far, because I don't want anybody getting madder at me than they already am. I don't mean the article <laughs> is stupidly written or anything. I just mean everybody getting upset about it is stupid. Like it's it, everybody said things and then it gets misconstrued and then everybody's mad at everybody. And for fucking what? Like, are there things that could have been done better? I think so. But like, there's always shit that could have been done better. Yeah. Let me preface this with like, I wasn't trying to like gain (laughs) self-promote Sander through slandering other people. (laughs) And I like definitely don't get off on, on, uh, whatever this was, (laughs) I've been really uncomfortable with it and want to delete the tweets. But again, for those like journalism reasons, I don't want to just hide. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So yeah, that was a, a shit storm. That's a, yeah. yeah whatever not i I didn't write it i didn't yeah publish nothing, it i didn't nothing to i just do with it you were just like it. i like this article and then the next day like that's the only access that any of these people that were mentioned had to the article and it was weird because like mike wasn't willing to share the article with people the journalist like did his job right he did his research he got the information from his sources like ari's a great writer and i like i do really believe he got the stuff like the way he said he got it and it's just like if all of them handled it the way that Cody handled it, then you're fine. Like it, there's no, <laughs> there's no issue. Right. Like, and I think there is a difference and like people using money for shit that it's not supposed to go to. Sure. But like Tom Brady took fucking PPP loans. Like you tell me that guy needs it. Totally. And I have a much better understanding of the whole thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Months on. Um, but yeah, again, I just don't want to, if I could do it all over again, I probably wouldn't tweet it, but here we are. And I've left it up and I didn't, again, I didn't do anything. Respect to Mike, respect to Ari. I don't think it was, you know, a hit piece or anything like that. Or No, it just became one. Exactly. And I definitely sensationalized it, you know, and. And I did too. No like I had people on, I interviewed Ari and then I didn't put the episode out because I was like, cause he didn't want to like, there wasn't anything for him to talk about. Right. That was the thing is like, I didn't put it out. And then like Caroline asked if we could talk about it. And I was like, yeah, I'll mention it at the end of the episode. Like, so we talk about it and then like it, it's out there. And now I'm like, do I put the Ari episode out? And I was like, I already said I wasn't going to do it. Like I, there was no need to put it out because you're just fanning the flame even more. And I'm like, I just should have cut everything out. I should have just had nothing to do with it. But I don't know. It's tough because you get like friends texting you that are mentioned in there that are like, I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> You're like, well, I get yeah. it. And it's not even like he said they did something wrong in the article. He's just saying that they took loans and then the internet decided they were mad. Yeah, I was really sad to hear the fallout of like Caroline on her trip and dealing with it and stuff like that. Like, oh man, that sounds like a harrowing experience. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm sorry for that. Absolutely. <laughs> um yeah I that's don't. not on you though that's that's for sure not on you it's on everybody that like decided because it would have done something whether you tweeted it or not somebody was gonna do it somebody was gonna talk about it because it, it was a well-written article and it was a good like it was a good attention grab 
yeah, well said. So nothing else to it really, but that wasn't even where I was going. Um, that had nothing. Really? Not really. No. Um, I would have thrown a hundred dollars at least on that. <laughs> that was not where I was going. I wanted to ask you, as somebody who seems to be more involved in the media side of things, what what do you think Ski Media can do better? What do you think Ski Media is doing well? Like, what kinds of things are do you think are missing in that vein? Let's preface this from the white male perspective, who's been in the game for a little while and enjoyed some <laughs> comfortable resources. And time, because I think that's important to acknowledge for sure. It is. Um, and like, you're not going to get the same stories if you keep giving resources to the same people, or you're, you're only going to get the same stories if you keep giving resources to the same people. For sure. Um, but as far as ski media goes, I, I just want to see a little more harder hitting. And I understand that we're all connected to brands and fickle budgets, and you don't want to ruffle feathers with anybody, but like, let's it's okay to be opinionated, obviously like be respectful of people's past and their current status and everything like that. But uh, yeah, I just want to see people talking about the tough stuff more. And I think it's the mental health talk. It's been awesome um, over the last couple of years. That's been great. Um, I want to see women actually given resources. And I say this as like my girlfriend who's been coming up and she's on Rosignol and they have been like giving her resources and taking her seriously. She's killing but I right know now. for a, Yeah, she is. Um, her and Anna's project is so sick. They ski harder than I do these days, which is awesome. <laughs> um, no joke. And yeah, I just want to see, you know, like we, we keep talking about let's, get other people involved but like let's actually do it yeah. um and it, i don't know exactly how that works for me i try to do my best with if i'm on i try to invite people on trips and get them opportunities um but i could obviously do better myself and including more people i think it's it's it, you gotta zoom out from the social media lens of like such self-promotion and highlight others on there too um, which I think is is good to do. Um, as far as ski media goes, though, I think it's you know it's coming along. Like Sierra Slags project is awesome. Um, real tangible stories, and like I listened to her this hers this morning with with you, and you talked about like how hard storytelling it is. Like yeah. storytelling is super hard to like connect something that happened in your life to to like this very privileged skiing thing is like. It's, it's a, a tough line to draw. It's a big I, line. I've, I've blown it myself trying to tell a four story or this or that, but yeah, I don't know. But there, I think there's also a, a point, uh, a good part, uh, a good place for ski porn still too. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I talked like about that too. with fucking Nikolai last two weeks ago, whatever, where he's yeah. like, just the storytelling aspect of it. Right. Like that's what he does really well. Like, is he an amazing skier? For sure. Like, is it all filmed really well and set up really well? For sure. But I think what he does the best and the reason that people connect with his shit so much is the way that he tells the story of like, just like with Cody, it's like, it's how you got there. Here's what happened. Here's the whole bit, right? It's almost like a vlog, but without the like gross stigma of having a, a vlog, you know, like it's like, it's cool. Like it's genuine. They figured out a way to make vlogging cool and like well-produced. Yeah. Those guys have doctorates in ski content and just the, For sure. the game. 
in general. And they they were and let's not discount their work ethic because those are two of the hardest working dudes out there for sure. So yeah, gotta put in the work. Definitely, it, yeah. And I guess back to the like harder hitting stuff. Like I I agree with you. I think everybody is a little scared of people being mad at them right and people being like or like isolating themselves from a certain brand or this thing or that thing but like you look at regular and regular media is shitty obviously like and there's so many negatives and it's kind of gone too far off the deep end on this front but people say shit just to say shit like look at all your favorite sports talking heads right like they just Stephen a smith every other week says something that i swear to god like is the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard in my life. Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless shouldn't have a fucking mouth. You know, like genuinely, but... Oh, Drip Bayless, dude. Uh, dude yeah, no. That dude, <laughs> I've never seen somebody that like can exist like that, have so many bad takes, be so many, like so wrong all the time and still think he's right all the time. But people fucking watch it because they want to see that dude get punched. They want to see that dude get like be wrong. And I'm not saying... He's people- a little Wayne's birthday party. Like, what are you doing, <laughs> man? Dude, and he's also yoked. Can we just talk about that for a second? Why is he shredded? That dude has no right being shredded. I don't know, man. It's like, it, it's kind of balled up into the whole Trump sensational, like, yeah. say whatever and get people riled up. And there you go. There's your audience. Yeah. Which is such a shit way of doing things. It's horrible. But people need to be able to, like, uh, there's, like, this this line. And the line is really, like, telling the truth. But, like you have to be able to tell the truth and it be like actually diving deep on topics so that people give a shit. Right. Because if you're just going to talk about skiing the whole time and skiing, like at a very baseline level, it's mediocrity, right? Like it's very, like, it's just okay. Totally. And I'm sure what comes out of my mouth nine times out of 10 is that same thing. Like I love skiing powder with my friends. Like, yeah, same. Duh, we get it, dude. Like that's what you do. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if I need that dopamine hit, I'll just tweet the word skiing, you know? Like and then it gets 40 likes and I'm like, "Cool. On this is this is my Twitter engagement for the day. I did my job. I can sleep well tonight." All right, so what did Candide's what are the skis called? I don't know what they're called. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You I have no idea what they're called. I I do I I do have some info. Um I don't I don't think I'm allowed to say anything yet. I do have some info, but I don't know what they're called. Um, Dude, if it's tied to season, I will it's not. It's not. Okay. Josh is playing I, I that pretty that well. I do love, I love that it. joke, but imagine Josh paying Candy Thovex. Like, can we just... <laughs> he figured out a way to do Wallace at line, dude. That's why I was like, you know, it's... Who knows? It, he did figure it out. It is possible, and, like, I might be completely wrong, and everything that I've gotten so far might be completely wrong, but um, there was a boot mold, an old boot mold purchased from Full Tilt. Um, oh. Unrelated, like, but... Basically, I think the idea going forward is it's going to be like an all-encompassing brand, including boots, skis, and the clothing line. So it's all going to live under yeah. that Candide umbrella. Um, whether they call the skis Candides, no idea. Um, but they're being pressed in France, I guess, and that's the that's all I've got so far. So it's Sick. not. I've got like one other, one or two other things that are like not even close to being confirmed. They're just people saying shit <laughs> let's um, hear them dude throw them so, out there but i'm not gonna throw them <laughs> out there yet because yeah. it's too sensationalist and then if i'm wrong people are gonna skip bayless me and i'm gonna feel really shitty so <laughs> so that's where we're at right now with that kind of stuff but yeah i think i think you're right i would like to see people actually dive a little deeper on stuff but it's i can tell you from sitting on this side of the chair it's it's really hard 
because everybody's close in the community, like the amount of people that actually give a shit about the community and give a shit about skiing as a whole and the health of skiing going forward is pretty tight knit, right? Like it, from the outside looking in, it seems like it's this big thing, but it's, it's really not. Yeah. Too connected to step on toes. And yeah, it's hard because you're going to make people mad at you. You never know who you're going to end up working for too. And you'll end up working for that same person like, or (laughs) not in fucking six months. Yeah. It like the way that brand heads move around. And that's, that's another thing I think people don't realize it's when I was like in the shop growing up and I started buying for the shop. Like the first thing my dad told me was like, don't buy for the rep. Like, like that's the biggest mistake (laughs) you can make is don't buy for the rep because you're growing up in a shop. You're like, the sales rep is the coolest guy in the world. He's got all the stuff. He knows all the product. You want to be him. He gets to go wherever the fuck he wants. You get older and you're like, oh, that job's the worst. I don't want to do that job at all. But but you're so enamored with these people and their stories and being on the road. Like you, you want to buy for them, but then you realize like they'll jump ship, be on a new brand in six weeks. And like, what now? You know, like, fuck your order. Fuck your last order. It's now what I have now. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, don't, don't please anybody too much. Don't upset anybody too much. You got to kind of play that middle game. And that's, that's where a lot of this media and content and these conversations kind of go to die. Yeah. Unless they've been at the brand for a while, then. And then what make them mad? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I have, I have no idea. I have no idea what that looks like. Um, yeah, you do as a passionless second generation ski shop owner. Come on. Yeah, I know, dude. Fuck that. I, I know that dude wasn't like talking about me. I know know him too. I just like to fan the flames. I dude, I know. And somebody DM me and was like, dude, he's actually a really good guy. Like this is, and I'm like, dude, I'm just being petty. I'm not actually mad. Like I'm not actually pissed at this guy, but I will tweet that once every two months for the rest of my life, probably because like. Yeah, I'm more salty about everything than most people probably, but I care more than most people probably. So uh, it's just it was just a weirdly specific tweet for me to not take some offense to it. And I thought about just letting it go. But like, <laughs> I can't. I can't. That poor guy. That poor guy thinks I hate him. Or he doesn't give a shit either way. He probably still is like, what is he talking about? Why is he mad? They have their own podcast. They're good. I know. Yeah, that's crazy too. Like, what the fuck? It's like at so, at one point, I like want people to like. I think podcasts are great. Like, everybody should have a podcast. Blah 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 blah. And then somebody puts a new podcast out, and I'm like, we don't need more fucking podcasts. <laughs> As we just launched one last week. As an athlete, you know, you're good. <sighs> it's different. It's fucking Michelle Parker. What are you gonna do? No, and I think you know, if it's from a different perspective, you know, like they're. I don't, yeah, whatever. We don't need to get too specific there. <laughs> You're not going to start a podcast? Yeah, I, no. <laughs> I, I've heard there's been plans for many other athletes that never followed through. It's, yeah, it's annoying. That was, that's one of the hardest things is like starting it, doing it, and like figuring out like where stuff needs to go and the like feeds and like the setup of it is where, where podcasts go to die. Cause like you're, you'll do 10 episodes and you'll get 40 downloads like your first day. And you're like, is, does anybody give a shit? Like, does anybody care about what I'm saying? Yeah. It seems like a, a whole job in itself. It for sure. I can. Yeah. I'll tell you it is for sure. A, you do a good job on Twitter. Yeah. That's well, dude, that's what you have to do is you have to tweet a lot and you have to like make people think that you just say shit and, uh, and then maybe people will listen. And even then sometimes it's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> um so 
this is the long way to where I was getting at. Um, Sorry for ranting. No, dude, it's, this is, this is the part that matters. Um, where, where do you see yourself in a few years? Is that, is the media side of things somewhere that you see yourself getting into? It's like, I always reference the fact that like Wallace and commentating, right? Like in like career paths after like being a professional skier. And I know like you're not 30 yet. So like it's early to be having <laughs> this conversation, but you're good at it. So like, and you're good at talking and you're good at having opinions and making people care about what you have to say, at least from my perspective. So is, is that a thing that you would like to see yourself do more of? Yeah, it is. And just more of a formal, formal way. I feel like I've gained so many skills from working with smaller brands and like getting super into ski design. Um, that's super helpful now talking to Rosig Daldina star about the way that they're designing their skis. And from that to writing about trips that I'm on to making videos, which has always kind of been my bread and butter. Yeah. Just trying to make myself more increase the value to those, to those people. Um, as far as like what that looks like in five years, I'm not sure exactly. Um, I don't think it's Instagram reels personally. Yeah. yeah me neither. I, <laughs> I don't know what that looks like in six months, but it's not doing what it's supposed to be right now. For sure. Not. Uh, um, but yeah, I don't know. Just trying to, I've really enjoyed writing a lot recently and trying to, my girlfriend and I have been talking about combining the, the two passions of, you know, she's a writer too and copywriter. We're both really creative people. So maybe trying to figure out a way of doing storytelling on our own and, um, I don't know, man, just trying to, trying to give more product feedback to the, to sponsors, trying yeah. to help with ski design, get more into the, the touring side of things. And I think that's, you know, there has been a few people playing in that realm for a long time of like Hoji and yeah. a couple others, Nikolai, obviously too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a, a way to, to bring my own spin to it and, uh, yeah, make that relevant, try to push avalanche education to people. I just want to push more tangible things to people and less more just sander bs yeah just like real real shit that people actually can and i think ski design is an easy one for people to kind of get into especially like as an athlete you are you know what's good for you right so at a higher level you're able to go okay like this this really worked for me my and I had this conversation recently with somebody. I found myself having a lot of conversations multiple times. But podcaster, yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. And then I'm like, "Fuck, did I say this on here?" God, oh no. You're talking to yourself, crazy ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Probably <laughs> laying in bed at night, just having a full on conversation. Um, no, I I think that's really important, and I think like athletes having the input is really important. But I'd like to see somebody with that experience and somebody with that professional experience go and focus on making stuff for people that just ski. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like everybody's so focused on making this like eight ninety nine retail, like high end two sheets of metal, blah, blah, blah. Like that's sick. And I think that stuff can always get better. But what about a ski that's four ninety nine and fucking rips, you know, like I always feel like the industry is afraid that people are going to stop buying nice skis if they make a really good cheap ski. And I don't, I just have a hard time actually believing that. Yeah. That's something I've always been puzzled with. Um, I grew up skiing. I'd still ski at a, a mod pos ski area. It's like fixed grips, three chair lifts. Six. Everyone smokes cigs and drinks tall cans. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, they don't like to spend money on gear. Yeah. 
So trying to trying to make it more accessible, which in the current economy pricing doesn't seem to be going the right way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, trying to figure out just yeah, figure out a way to make it cheaper and not reinvent the wheel necessarily. Maybe just focus on what we have and a way to make that cheaper. Yeah, and just like take stuff away as opposed to adding more. Like I, I think we've added enough shit to skis at this point. Like I think we could maybe start pulling some stuff away that we don't need and like make stuff a little more, whether it's environmentally friendly, like that's always a thing that this industry preaches about so hard, but then we're constantly in this endless consumer cycle where we all get, you know, five new pairs of skis a year and a bunch of boots and a bunch of outerwear. And then we like get on a pedestal and talk about climate change, um, which every one of us is guilty of. So it's like, everybody uses the helicopter example, which is a not good example, but like the gear (laughs) example is probably a good example. If you're going to come at somebody for the way that they treat their stuff um, and the way that they just treat the environment as a whole. So I feel like that's where a lot of the improvements can be made really well. And I mean, you work with a brand and picture that, that does really commit to that and does kind of fit that same, that same ethos where they put their money where their mouth is. They care about the environment. They care about recycling. They care about making jackets out of plastic bottles. They, they care about this shit. Right. So that's kind of what I'd like to see like hard, good ski brands do more and more. Yeah. Walking the walk. Yeah, for real. Like it, we're all pushing this, so why not like actually do it? You know, on a on the thing that we actually like slide on. You know, totally. Yeah, there's obviously a couple brands that are pushing that stuff harder than others. For sure. Um, there's some cool technologies of grinding up waste and trying to figure out what to do with it afterwards. And obviously, it's still a a ways away. And diving into environmental advocacy myself, the last few years going from like a full on pow hater to now like being a part of pow. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why? Why were you a pow hater? Oh, just being naive too. And yeah, you know, I can remember going to Japan and seeing some guy get off a gondola there with a pow sticker on his thing. Like, how'd you get here? Did you, <laughs> he was like Norwegian or something. And my friends are probably laughing because they know that I was totally that guy. Um, and then trying to be like, well, I'm going to be the electric car guy and not do anything and not fly anywhere. Yeah. Um, and realizing that that's also like, you know, sure you can lead by example, but I think you need to reel it in a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, understanding that there is no perfect advocate and you know, if, if you're not going to speak up for it, who the hell is yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I, <sighs> Yeah, that's a weird one. And POW is a weird one too, right? Like where they, they are doing so much good and like I, the hate that POW gets, which is still a decent amount even in the current year, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, there is definitely, obviously like with everything that we've talked about, there's stuff that they can do better and there's stuff that like is imperfect. But that idea, and I like the push that they're making lately to talk about like there is no perfect advocate, right? Like you, you say that phrase and it actually means something like that, that almost like defends you from everybody that is like, how did you get here? Or like what helicopter did you ride? Like, was it fucking solar power? Like that kind of shit is, it's just people chirping that either don't understand or they don't want to understand. And I think that that's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, well said. And I think it's, uh, yeah, again, you just got to recognize privilege. <laughs> yeah. Realize you don't 
we get to go ski in most days and people don't, you got to figure out a way to get them to care about it. Yeah. Um, and it's, I've been helped to understand their, what they're going for a little better of like the whole pack it in, pack it out, you know, like you don't go camping on the weekend and come back and tell your friends like, Oh, we went camping and I cleaned up all the trash at the picnic area. And we, we came home. Like you, it's unsaid, like you don't have to just do tell it. people that you pick up the trash, like you just did it. And so that's the way that environmental advocacy should be for people that enjoy skiing in the wintertime and clean water and not so volatile weather. I don't know. That's the, the one thing it's like, at least you're trying. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that that's <laughs> that, that real low base is important. And I think that's who Pow is appealing to right now is like making the average person care. And I didn't really, I didn't even really understand why that was important until I talked to Mario and I talked to him and I was like, okay, like this actually makes a lot of sense what you're saying to me right now, because like you're aware of every issue that I'm talking about. Like, it's not like my concerns you're not aware of, right? He's not in the dark and nobody there is in the dark. They, they get it, but it's just, they're trying to appeal to the masses and to appeal to the masses, you almost just have to get less specific about things. Yeah, well said. And they're talking about like, don't politicize issues. Like, For sure. don't make us a black and white thing. Like, it's not. It's red and blue is better way. Better way of saying that. Sorry, <laughs> not not black and white. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, you just gotta you yeah. gotta understand. For me, I didn't get it. Of like, why aren't they being forward about that they're hypocrites yeah. and everything and yeah. it's like dude they're just working with the current system that we have we have to vote and get people to vote as broken record as it sounds like it's not going to change tomorrow the whole system so if this is the way it's going to go then let's rile people up to vote and not rile people up but motivate them to vote yeah. with the good intentions yeah and then we'll get somewhere which i didn't understand as a naive first year <sighs> yeah i yeah, it's it is it's a little hard for people to grasp like what's the benefit if it's never actually going to change, right? But it can change. It's just that it takes so long that people forget that it's happening. And that's like that's the problem with memories, that's the problem with like predicting the future. It's like everybody's self-aware until you ask them if they thought they'd be where they are right now 5 years ago, you know? Like it, everybody thinks they know themselves until something just happens and and life goes on. Yeah. Shit happens, man. Shit happens. Um, all right, Sander, I'm I'm gonna let you get out of here. Um, but I have a couple things for you. Uh, first, where where can people find you? All your very authentic Instagrams and tweets and all that good stuff. <laughs> um, tell people where you can find that. Any projects you want to promote, whether they're your own or otherwise, um, let people know. And then uh, and that's it. Cool. Um, all my social media is just my name at Sander Hadley. Um, this fall, I've got a little project I was working on with picture last year, uh, a little touring video, a few minutes promoting their new outerwear line. Um, we're going to be in Salt Lake city on October 26th. Not sure if it's before or after that. Um, but we will be down there October 26th on an Evo tour with Sierra Schlegs film and Cody Cirillo's film as well. Sick. Um, and yeah, working on a little Dina star brand deal this, this winter. And that's about it. Sick. Um, awesome. Thank you for the time. 